My name's Rad, and I want to tell you about the Transformers. My curiosity is aroused. Decepticons, transform and rise up! Calling Autobots! Calling Autobots! This is a battle protocol! Robots with emotions. Robots who can die. Hey folks, and welcome to Transformers Tuesdays, the fan hole spinoff show where we talk Transformers every time and all the time. I'm Mike. Uh, I'll be your host uh, tonight, and joining me tonight is... Hey, Michael. Good job. Courage and good cheer. We can do it. We have courage and good cheer. <laughs> right? Courage and good cheer. Courage and good, good cheer. cheer. Courage and good cheer. Courage and good cheer. Courage and good cheer. Courage and good cheer is all very well, but courage and good cheer. Courage and good cheer. Courage and good cheer. Courage and good cheer. Yeah, so we are gathered here in Courage and Good Cheer to discuss the two Cyberverse TV movies that more or less conclude the series. And, well, I guess they they sort of serve as a pseudo, like, season four. But, like, I don't know. Like, I don't know if the plan was to chop these up into, like, four episodes apiece and, like, have a, like, kind of mini season or whatever or what. But then they ultimately decided to, you know, put them as two movies instead, instead of two, like, story arcs. Which is probably a, a good idea. I mean, like, I, did you notice, like, in some of these, like, there were sort of, like, blackouts and then it came back, like, it was fading back from a commercial or something? Like, I I thought, wait, maybe maybe my mind is playing tricks on me, but what I did was I watched the, the first half with the officially, you know, uh, dropped one that was on the the youtube channel and am i misremembering i feel like that didn't have the fade outs but the the one that was on uh teletoon in canada did so i assume one was faded for tv when it went to a commercial and the other one wasn't or am i misremembering and they were both, uh, they both yeah had... i don't know maybe you're right i'm, not, I'm i might be misremembering it too i just kind of took notice of it at some yeah point. yeah so for, for sure that. for sure like i i felt like it was super obvious when i was watching the second part and maybe i just don't remember because because i watched the first part like uh, a couple days ago but um i yeah, I, I i know what you're talking about yeah in whatever case, yeah, they they released uh, the first one, like at least on YouTube, on November sixth, and uh, it on Netflix, so November twenty uh, second, and uh, in Canada it aired like on on yeah Teletoon, like Derek said, like on November seventh, and uh, yeah, so I mean they what in whatever case, yeah, these these they decided to you know block these up as movies, and they probably work better that way and uh you know if you've listened to me and derek talk about cyberverse before you know we're, we're pretty much fans of it and uh i think uh like i personally just as, as a general statement i enjoyed both of these quite a bit like i don't know about you but like i, uh, I thought they were great i i yeah i was gonna backtrack just a little bit and say i wonder if if the i mean it seemed like some of the decision making process was always in play to 
release these as direct to video somehow. But I wonder if the because because what I see all the time are these giant streams of like the entire season one or entire season two or entire season three on YouTube where they just, you know, it's basically designed to be binged by little kids or whatever it is. Right. Like, so I wonder, I wonder if the views on that helped convince, you know, like, Oh, well, when we release these other things, we're going to make those in the same format that most people I would imagine if this found a new audience or additional audience from when it was just kind of, you know, airing, you know, with these, as we like to call them, the ADHD episode installments, right? Like yeah. if that maybe it also they they've transitioned it into the, you know, the binge mentality where, you know, people just sit there and watch like the entire season and, and just kind of glom it all up and everything. And, and I, I agree with what you're saying. Like it, it might've been possible to, you know, split these up into little bite-sized segments, but it does feel like just a super entertaining watch. I, I, I guess as a general statement, I feel like the orangutans in planet of the apes talking to Taylor and going, you do know, Bright Eyes, that men who don't like Cyberverse have no souls, don't you, Bright Eyes? <laughs> you know, like, like the, 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 the book tells us men that don't like Cyberverse, they have no souls. You know, like, and I kind of, it's kind of, that's kind of what I feel like. Because I feel like, like, if you don't, if, if you can't find enjoyment, like, if you, if you're not just like, I, I don't know, I feel like it's so damn rare to see something that, that I'm just like super giddy about and happy. And like, I laughed and I felt sad and I, I, I went, yeah, like I had, I had all those kind of, you know, the, the stuff that people typically say when they saw Endgame or something like that. Like I had all those moments where, you know, I, I, I felt sad. I, I wanted to stand up and, and fist pump and cheer. And, and, and then there were quite a few hearty guffaws, you know, when it came to the Dinobots and other characters with their one liners and stuff like that. So like, I, you know, just, just as a general statement, I was looking forward to this and this didn't disappoint me in the least. Like I, 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 I almost feel like being one of those like jerk off people that like, you, you know, like when a new movie comes out and they're like, this is the best Marvel movie yet. Like, I almost <laughs> feel like, like doing that with this where I'm like, this is the greatest cyberverse thing yet. You know, like because I, I I feel so like and I, and like I feel like pretty genuine about that. Where most times, if I would say that, I'd be like, "Oh fuck you, you're full of shit." Like this isn't this isn't the best thing ever. You know, there were other things that were better than this. But like, I don't know. It made me feel like like so good that I I, I do feel like putting that disclaimer where I'm like, "This is the best cyberverse yet," and if you don't like it, you have no soul. You know, like, that's, that's kind of what I feel no, like. No, no, what I thought was funny and like in a similar vein, it's like I like I was questioning it myself. Like, how is it that the friggin like War for Cybertron Netflix cartoons, which should be by all rights targeted directly to us and that we, like, you know, to please us, 
like don't have an ounce of the like like they couldn't garner an ounce of the fun and enjoyment I had watching these two like movies like like I I don't understand it. I I mean, there's that weird aspect because like Cyberverse is a show that reminds me of Justice League action, you know, like like it's not. It, it's not even as serious as Young Justice, right? Like, and and I still think that's a good show too, but but it's there's there's that aspect where they're bite size. They're not they're not as goofy and silly as I don't know Teen Titans Go or some of these other more comical ones, you know. But but there's like this fine line balance between action and humor and 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 whatever else. And and they they really seem to walk that tightrope very well, and I think they, you know, they kind of give due diligence to to all these characters. You know, like this. The, I mean, especially in the the second part, it was kind of a you know like a swan song, right? So they it was like they had all these boxes to check of of like, hey, remember remember this, remember that, remember these guys, you know, like, and, and they just, they just went down the list and made sure that, that they didn't forget anybody. Like, like, it's like they gave their, their Oscar speech in that last second part and made sure to thank everyone, you know? Yeah, I feel the same way. So let's, yeah, I guess we'll get into it. We'll talk about the first one and then we'll talk about the second one. Um, the first one is is titled The Immobilizers, which is sort of, I guess, a, a an homage to the original like G1 episode, The Immobilizer. But I'd say this is a much better installment than that episode was. Um, I'm just going to read I'm not going to read the whole summary of it, but I'm just going to read their like one sentence, like header line or whatever for it. And then we'll talk about it. Uh when a gang of mercenaries time locks all of Cybertron, Grimlock and a group of new friends must combine their efforts to save their planet. So, yeah, that's the the, the very quick and dirty uh, summary of what happens in this movie. And, yeah, like, I mean, the, again, like I said, in the War for Cybertron cartoons, they also had the mercenaries and they also had, like, Sound Blaster, but they kind of combine all that in, in this thing. And it's, it, it's a lot better, like in all aspects, I think. I, I wholeheartedly agree. I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting that they can take those same aspects, right? Like this, this aspect of, of sound blaster being jealous of Soundwave, but like, I love, you know, to me, it's, it's like, it's like the old Superboy origin story. You know, it's like that thing, like, you pulled out my hair, Superboy, and I hate you. You know, and it's like this great toe stubbing. It's like the reason why Sound Blaster hates Soundwave is he shows him up at at McAdams bar, like doing his little like dubstep or whatever. And it's like it's the funniest shit ever. Like I don't I don't know, man. Like, like, I, I, like, like we have our new beatboxing champion. Right, right. It's just like I, I don't know, man, like if you can't if you can't if you're not on board for that, like I don't I don't know what to say to you because it's like it's so fucking cool. It's like you literally and you literally see 
like sound blaster's toe gets stubbed like literally like you know he, well, he he like you know he smashes his own chest like when he like gets thrown out of the bar or whatever so it's like that's literally he's like oh like my my chest like i stubbed it like oh like it's funny because like you know Soundwave obviously this is something this show i think does better than almost any other transformers cartoon like Soundwave is a hard character to like nail down a voice for because everyone tries to like emulate like you know the Frank Welker vocoder like Soundwave right, and right. that's not very like conducive to making him a like you know distinct character whatever but like i i love cyberverse Soundwave because like he still has the exact same attitude and presence as like g1 Soundwave, but he can talk like a normal guy like he, he can talk like he reminds me of like marvel comics or like idw Soundwave and the mm. way he acts and talks and like to play off that like they they bring it like sound blaster sound blaster is a like you know hey like how you doing like he's a like sort of you know, com- the complete opposite. So, like, I think that worked, like, really well. Sound Blaster. Welcome home. And you have friends. Finally. Still got a mouth full of scrap, eh, Soundwave? I've been waiting a long time for this. Yeah, I, I, I thought that was fun. And I know, I know, I, I, I think this was more of a an interesting way to to do character model reuse right with like you know bug bite and and sound blaster and that stuff it's it's funny to me how it's something i could easily complain about in the the netflix show but in this it's like i don't know they, they give the characters a little panache a little Zaz personality or something and they're they're kind of like this wild crazy crew like almost like you know kind of kind of like a you know Gyondu and the Ravagers in the MCU movies or something they're just this kind of wild and crazy crew that have come to sort of cause trouble and and it works because they're a third faction that are coming to be antagonists after there's a truce between the Autobots and the Decepticons. So it, there's a logical semblance of sense to it, as opposed to, like, I'm part of a third faction, and you're like, why? Like, what? what's the impetus? Like, why do you need to be a third faction? And then you never you never achieve being a third faction because you're, you're just hired by the second faction to attack the first faction. So it negates your status as a third faction, whereas this is... This is a legit third faction that's come to attack both the the Autobots and Decepticons who have recently engaged in a truce. Yeah, and like 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 you said, like I mean, they they reuse body like you know character models for like Sound Blaster and his crew, but like I think it like it works, and it's like I, I like the deep pulls sort of that they they used for those characters, like the, you know they use RC's body as like Nightbird. And then, like you said, Bug Bite from Bumblebee. Uh, Double Crosser is Rack and Ruin. And then uh, the Conehead Seeker, like, they call him Afterburner. 
And like he like uh, that seemed like a direct like pull at my nostalgia because after the afterburner they're like referencing like the G two like I think they were called like the Sky Scorchers like the mini jets like he was the first one I bought when like you know uh-huh. they were out in G two so I was like oh cool like afterburner like I had him like yeah so, yeah so that, that, that's 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 kind of how I feel every time little pug shows up where I was like <laughs> I had repugness he's cool repugness yeah. And then I guess, well, I guess I should have mentioned this beforehand, but I, I, I can't imagine like either you weren't ever going to watch this or you already watched it. So spoilers, but like it turns out like they have a mystery, like sort of shadowy boss and it turns out it's Trypticon, right? And like it's again, a direct pull at my nostalgia. Like it seems like Trypticon is based sort of on my favorite version of him, like which is like the Marvel Comics sort of or like war within sort of dark ages trypticon who's like cordial and like a like you know very eloquent and well spoken and stuff and like it, he, he was friggin hilarious like yeah. I thought, you know it, when he was like you know i'm you know i i'm a, he gives that whole spiel about how he, how he's a fair employer or whatever and then his like <laughs> teeth teeth like glints like ding, like that was great yeah yeah that was that was fun stuff and then another like sort of Marvel comics nod. You then Trypticon like fights all five Dinobots. Yeah, like, you know, yeah. That's you know, yeah, just uh, again and again they know exactly like what I like to see. Basically, you, you know what I think is crazy. I feel like I'm like super biased or something too because like the on paper, all this stuff that they're doing should drive me nuts, right? They're 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 using like you know reuse models. They're doing you know, Sound Blaster and Bug Bite and Nightbird, right? Like, on paper, that should, like, annoy me and go, oh, this is this is a cost-cutting measure. Or, you know, if you're, if you're dead set on, you know, I don't know, Trypticon being a mindless beast or what have you, right? And you can't stand the, the Furman, you know, dialogue, like, where, you know, Trypticon actually sounds British or whatever, if you're totally dead set against that, right? Like, on paper... That that should be an anathema to you. And then I, I just want to kind of jump the gun into this. But I mean, one of our more early famous episodes was, you know, about the beast, right? The the combined version of the Dinobots and how it was, you know, the most atrocious fanfic, like, you know, the, in Transformers history to to a certain point. Right. And and here you have them. I, I don't think they ever say this by name, but you have them combining to form uh, what Volcanus, I guess, or whatever Volcanicus, it is, right? Volcanicus, yeah. Volcanicus, yeah. So, so I, I'm just kind of like, like, wow, like, like on paper that should annoy the fuck out of me, but the Dinobots are so endearing, and 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 then when they combine, it's it's like, uh, it, it's almost like. Volcanicus has that kind of absent-minded nobility that like somebody like Silverbolt would have but but just, you know, not quite all there, you know? And it's just I don't know, man, it's just it's just one of those things where it's like I can, you know, like I said on paper I should be able to, you know, on paper I might decry it, but I just feel like I'm so forgiving of everything that they they managed to pull off in this format and this this universe. Yeah, like I, I really liked this take 
on the Dinobots. And like we've talked about Grimlock and like, you know, how he's he, he's not your traditional Grimlock, like, you know, but in 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 keeping with that, it's like the Dinobots are basically like a sort of fan club like for him like you know they're they're like kind of young like sort of rowdy kids that grimlock has to like take under his wing and like that might sound like if you're if you haven't seen it that again that might sound like you know anathema or it sounds like stupid to you but it works so well like i love like as you can tell by my avatar sludge like fucking <laughs> sludge, sludge. like awesome. he made me laugh like every time he opened his mouth like yeah. after they come my my favorite line in this whole movie is like after they combine and like snarls like oh yeah like enigma of combination like it's right in the name and like sludge is like what but we didn't enigma like that's, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great mm-hmm. Oh man, yeah. I don't. I mean, yeah. I, I'm I'm totally on board with with how they handled the Dinobots. It's fun because you know they they hadn't introduced them to this point. It's almost like they're their own separate planet. You know what I mean? Like they they, they I it, it'd be like I don't know what it'd be like, but it'd be like you know I I keep thinking that the Grimlock in this version, it's like when he's in robot mode, he's like beast. And when he transforms into a dinosaur, he's like the Incredible Hulk. And it's like if a bunch of crazy Hulk fanboys like lived on another planet and they all wanted to be Hulks. So it's almost like, you know, it's stuff I hate on paper, like like Rolk or A-Bomb or whatever. Right. Like, but just imagine like a whole planet of those wacky Hulks. But they're the most endearing, almost like... (laughs) like cute pet like versions of the characters you could ever imagine but they're so earnest they're so pure and and just fun you know like like that it's just it's like you i again it, you know it's like it's like men who who dislike cyberverse have no souls brad eyes you know what i mean like like <laughs> if you if you can't get behind that then i i'm like you have no soul like i don't get it dude because it's like and, it's so it's so fun and another thing that like you know sometimes annoys me might annoy a lot of people like you know swoop is female in this like you know yeah. they gender swapped swoop but again like she's so like endearing. Like it doesn't even matter. She's such a great character. Yeah, like it yeah, doesn't, like, yeah. I don't. I don't know. Like I, I don't. I yeah. It's like I, I guess I didn't miss a beat with that. Like that was, you know, I don't know. I, I, I again. I know there's some stuff like that. Like I suppose on paper I should be ranting and raving about it or whatever. But, but I mean, it didn't, it didn't bother me in the least. And she she's like sort of the perceptor sort of of the four yeah, she's, Dinobots she's, or she's whatever. But of, of of the 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 four of them, I'd say she's she's the brains of the operation. You know, and that's a, that was another like good sludge part when she was talking about like how they're gonna defeat like Sound Blaster, and she says something like, "Oh, I have to like create a like subatomic like temporal field or something," and then Sludge is like, "Yeah, what she said. We'll pound her and we'll pound him in a field, like you know, like." <laughs> Yeah, and and again, like, you know, not only, like, the Beast, but, you know, they did the freaking Volcanicus thing and the stupid, uh, you know, Machidama yeah, stuff. Too. Yeah, yeah, they did know. it there, too. We didn't give a shit about it there, no, but here, like no. you said, it, it works so much, like, better. It just, well, you, know, it you know, you know what's nice about it? They, they have that kind of, like, like, rocky training montage where they go through, like, the American Gladiator thing to, like, 
because it's not like they treat it like you know like i guess in a lot of these old cartoons it's like combiners you don't think about it but it's like they combine and then everything works like it's supposed to but in this like there is that that learning curve it's like that fun you know how like spider-man gets new cosmic powers or superman gets his electric blue powers or whatever it is and it's like it takes a character that you've established, say like Grimlock, right? Who's been in these seasons of Cyberverse, but then it gets to bring you back so that they're at this level of a a, a newborn character like the Ray or Firestorm or you know, I don't know, like the Slingers or you know, just think of it as like this this young hero looking to prove themselves. And and there's something about that when you're whether you're young or whether you're old or whether you're middle-aged or whatever, right? There's something about that because it doesn't matter because you've, you've all kind of been there. And even though, even if you're really young, you might not have, you might not have finished that American gladiator training and been able to do the course perfectly, but you're in the middle of trying to get there. And when you are an adult and you've gone through that a couple different times, there's just a certain aspect where it's like emotional recall that's fulfilling, you know, because you 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 can identify with what they're trying to accomplish. And it it doesn't matter if it's not exactly, you know, it doesn't matter if it's not, say, uh an exercise goal or a physical goal. It, it could be a job goal, a career goal, uh a collecting goal, uh, whatever it is, right? But there's there's that point where you kind of struggle. You're kind of learning the ropes. You're not you're not the expert on whatever it is. And then you know if you love it enough and you stick with it enough and you work hard enough and you train enough. I mean, I know it's not all realistic, right? But but like it's just something that that is uh, is very fulfilling and 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 self affirming. You know where you're like, oh look, they've. You know, it's like and it doesn't it doesn't take up the whole episode, but but enough time is dedicated to it where you see that they're going through a struggle and 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 that it take it doesn't instantaneously happen that the enigma of combination just works just perfectly at the first try. And so when they finally get to the point where they can do the jungle gym course and everything's like hunky dory and you're kind of like, yeah, they 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 split up when they went through the tube and then they reformed and they came back out and they did the fucking perfect 10 flip or whatever it is, you know, and you're like, yeah, like at that point, that's like one of those moments where, where you do want to stand up and fist pump or cheer or, or give them a little, you know, standing ovation or whatever. You're like, way to go guys. Like you, you did good, man. You know, it's great. Like Cyberverse has always been fast paced because it's like, you know, for the ADHD, like generation, or whatever yeah, kids there's no, or whatever there's no but, fucking fat on any of this stuff yeah exactly i was gonna say like how did like it takes it takes somehow it takes longer to watch a single episode of the war for cybertron <laughs> netflix cartoon than it does to watch this 44 minute movie like it just feels longer like well but but that's a that's the thing that's why that's why i'm so i feel like i'm biased but i'm so giddy about those those forms of entertainment because it's so it's so pure and just good, you know, like that. it's like you don't you don't get bogged down in anything. You don't have to think too hard. And it's like a lot of just, you know, I, I don't know, may, maybe if there was more of it, it would become 
saccharin and, and syrupy or whatever. But I, I, I think, again, kind of what we're trying to espouse is that they find that perfect balance of all those things where, you know, it doesn't get too syrupy because they get into action. It doesn't get too much, you know, uh, there's no monotony with mindless action because they make you feel about the characters and there's aspects where you are concerned for their well-being or you're sad when they're hurt or whatever and and so they you know again to me it, it just reminds me of what we always used to say about our favorite you know cyclops or whoever like they walk that tightrope and 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 they're like dick fucking grayson you know like they just they walk that tightrope. They don't fall off it. They do all these fucking perfect ten dives and flips and everything, and nobody gets hurt. And it's just, it's just fun. It's exhilarating. It's thrilling. And you don't, you, you're never, you're never fucking bored. Like it never drags. Like it, it like it just goes, you know, from scene to scene. It, it's, it's so like breezy, but you feel like you still got a full, you know. Th- there's never anything that's like rushed or. Like I don't like it's it's like witchcraft how well paced this is basically. <laughs> I also liked uh, what some other things I liked uh, when <laughs> Swoop looks at the the Wit Wiki like or oh, whatever oh, she calls up the Wit Wiki database or whatever. Yes. I thought that was yes. funny. That like, was cute. Yeah. You know you know what and you know what we didn't mention but but I think is worth mentioning is that uh, and I I think you mentioned this in your written review but isn't it great that it starts with with RC and Grimlock doing their Raiders of the Lost Ark thing. Yeah. Like, like that, that it's characters that you were endeared to in previous episodes. And it's that, that, you know, on paper, right. It's that combination where you're like, RC and Grimlock aren't pals. Like what? Like, and you, you if you're going to be all negative Nancy about it and not give into it, it's like, okay, fine. But, but as long as you just go along for that ride, like, they're some of the funnest characters in the show and their camaraderie is so fun. And I, I thought it was interesting that they used that as a slingshot to introduce you to those Dinobots because it's like he it's like you think it's going to be Grimlock and RC against the world when everybody gets immobilized by these, you know, third party dickwads right but then rc gets immobilized and and then you realize oh is is this going to be grimlock on his lonesome and then that's when these four new dinobots these eager beaver recruits show up to you know offer their help so it's like it just it just flows you know very organically and logically and you don't you don't have enough time to question anything but it 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 makes perfect sense that this you know that that you're it's almost like your your uh, your emotional good feels that you had for the Grimlock RC Indiana Jones adventurous you know relationship or whatever you want to call it you know gets transferred into these four characters who are ostensibly I mean I know I know the Dinobots themselves have tons of history tons of lore and Transformers but for all intents and purposes in this film they are new characters but yet. They they manage to introduce them, you know what, like four or five minutes into the show, and you don't miss a beat, and and you become completely enamored and endeared with them, and 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 now it's like you can't imagine those characters not having been involved with this series. So I mean, to me, that's a unqualified success. Yeah. 
I really like I really like like you said, I really liked this this series take on RC and like her her and Grimlock's like spotlight episode. Like uh, I think it was like in season two, like it always makes me laugh. And like this, this, you know, the first five minutes of this movie was like a kind of a callback to that because it's like there's both like when they're together, they're both like high on pixie stick sugar or something. <laughs> like they're so like giddy and like, like let's and, like ARC, like let's go jump off that cliff. All right. Like, and then they like, they both do it without like question <laughs> or whatever. Like, like, I, I don't know. Like, and, it's, I love like, it's like they're 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 action octane junkies and they're enablers of one another. So when they get yeah. together, it's like it's like, hey, you want to rip off that egg? Yeah, let's go rip off that egg. Oh, you want to <laughs> go down the thing? And it's like, yeah, let's jump off the, the you know. So it's like I also I, like um I forgot who said it, but when RC like confronts the mercenaries and she's got the big like Gatling gun or whatever, and they're like, oh, like nice gun, and she's like, thank you, like. <laughs> <laughs> She takes the time. She's like, "Oh, that's thank you. That's it nice. is a nice gun." Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> this is really super fun. Like, I loved. Like, I always love when you pit a bunch of guys against like a kaiju-sized like enemy yeah. or whatever, yeah. and like that tr- that Triptychon like fight. Like it had such a great like sense of scale to it, I guess. Like you know when when Volcanicus is like running up his back, like he's like Godzilla or whatever, and like you know when when they decombine and they're all hanging on to his tail, and like I don't know, the camera work there was really like good, like you know camera work like in the computer, but you know like it just it gave a sense of how big Triptychon was basically. It's also a cool escalation of the severity of the threat they face too. Because because you 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 have them individually separated and you feel the peril when you think it's just Grimlock against these five, you know, mercenary bots or whatever, right? But then then when he gets the backup and then they train and they become Volcanicus, you know, that then it's like, oh, you guys are in for it now. But then it's like then then it's like, oh, but you may have you may have stopped us five, but way do you meet our boss? You know, and it's like, oh, okay, what's you know, and then then it's Triptychon. And then and then you kind of get those, you know, those feels, those callbacks to to Transformers 27, you know, the Dinobots going after Triptychon and everything. With but then then you have that new added element of they can combine, you know, and it's like, you know, what you're saying, this kind of um what what is that? Uh, uh, I'm trying to remember the game because I I don't really play it. But that uh, what is it? The Colossus or some shit? The oh I... yeah, Shadow of the Colossus. Yeah, like that's that's what that reminded me of. Like like if there was a video game where you can you you could turn you know you do the Br- Bruticus level of of uh, you know War for Cybertron or whatever you turn into Volcanicus and stomp a bunch of Decepticons or mercenaries or whoever, but then you transition into this shadow of Colossus level where then, you know, the, the big, the next big boss is Triptychon. And then it's like, Oh, then you totally are dwarfed in scale and you have to like run up his tail and his back and do all these crazy things to like, you know, defeat him. You know, it's like, it's, it's all that kind of stuff that just, you know, is very, uh, yeah, like 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 I said, you you don't you know you're always engaged. You know, you're never you you're never kind of distracted or whatever. I thought I thought it was a funny moment at the very end when like uh you know that they unfreeze Wheeljack after like you know the whole planet's been immobilized. So like they unfreeze Wheeljack, like he comes up with an invention to unfreeze everyone, and like they were in the middle of 
like the peace ceremony, like when they were all frozen. So it's like uh, as soon as everyone becomes unfrozen, Optimus Prime like keeps going with this speech and he's like, you know, like, oh, uh, we will now like sign the treaty. Oh, like he looks up and like Trypticon's just there all of a sudden. Like, <laughs> yeah, like oh, OK. <laughs> it's like, oh, um, all right. I almost like it's weird, but like I almost like if if they wanted to pick a like you know a pro or a like seasoned voice actor to like you know voice this this Trypticon like or or you know the sort of Trypticon that um you know is inspired by the Marvel comics or you know the War Within like I almost felt like he's the, the like the guy who did his voice was really good and like I almost thought like. I was I was kind of thinking like you know David K would be a good like trip like mm. this version of Trypticon like almost like I mean he's a Tyrannosaurus too but like he just the way he talks he was like very smooth and very like cordial yeah. and stuff mm-hmm. like well but there's there's also that bite to him as well right which yeah. he can also deliver on this is your boss boss isn't really an accurate description. I think of myself more as a firm yet fair employer who expects nothing less than dedicated employees who will always do their best. What? Good freaking stuff. Uh, well, a- anything else about this first movie, or do you want to move on to the second one? I, I think I've waxed the car as much as I can. Yeah, I was going to say, we both, like, and this, like, uh, I, I think I will say, like, I like this movie, but I like the second one, like, a little better. Like, more. Like, yeah. Like, like I, I like the second one way more. And, like, this one, it's, 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 uh, uh, I mean, it's kind of unfair, because I feel like this is, this is, like, a love letter to, like, the entire series, you know, like, like, they, it seemed like, to me, they had the added advantage of knowing, okay, this is your last hurrah so so do you yeah. know, put, put everything you want in it that you it, that you want to you know and it's almost like like the immobilizers movie is almost like the toy commercial movie almost because they have to sell the dinobots and they do yeah, yeah, like yeah. i think so but yeah so anyway like let's uh, we'll move on and talk about the second movie which is titled the perfect decepticon and it aired in Canada on, on November seventh, uh, and it airs on it, it aired in on YouTube uh, November twentieth, and it'll air on Netflix December twenty second. So uh, yeah, like it's kind of that one's kind of spread out, like in terms of uh, viewing. But uh, yeah, so we watched this, and this this kind of serves as like the series finale of like Cyberverse, and like yeah. I think it does a really good job at that, and it, it kind of like if. I think we liked the like the like season three finale, but I think we talked about how it like, you know, it kind of was, you know, they had limited time to do what they did. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, they they had a pretty good idea, which was, you know, the Megatron from the alternate dimension who like, you know, conquered the universe, like replaced his army with all these like super soldier perfect Decepticons. And like, you know, they kind of saw him off in like 10 minutes because that's how long they had like. But this this is almost like an aftermath of that, like mm-hmm. or like a expansion of that story, and like I'll I'll just read the the log line for it. Um, the Decepticons from another dimension return to Cybertron, forcing the Autobots and Decepticons into a conflict that threatens to reignite the Great War all over again. So yeah, like this, like this is the series finale, and it, like I'm. At first of all, like, I was almost surprised, like, you know, I know the Megatron from our universe is dead. And, like, the Megatron from that universe, I think they they saw off, like, you know, well, like, 
like the well, the movie opens with Astro Train like crashing to this universe like in flames and like, right. he pretty with his like dying message he says like oh like you know there's something coming and like you know that that puts everyone on edge and they like you know set up planetary defenses and stuff and then eventually like all these perfect Decepticon super soldiers all start teleporting in and start fighting. And they have to like figure out a way to like you know stop them from fighting and stuff. And then Wait, this then you one get, of, you you get the, the the funny part where you know Hot Rod's like, well, they're all here. And it's like I'm aware of the situation, Hot Rod. He's like, <laughs> yeah, but I don't think you are because they're, they're kind of fighting with each other. You know, like it's, like, <laughs> it's not it's kind of not what you think, dude. Like you know. <laughs> I love like the very the first in the first like two or three minutes like it made me like chortle like gaw like when you know Optimus is like doing another like you know sort of peace ceremony or whatever like and they're they're dedicated like Trypticon was immobilized at the end of the last movie so now he's the center of a giant like plaza like he's just frozen as the like centerpiece of this plaza. And like Optimus is like dedicating the plaza. He's like, this is now Trypticon Plaza. And he's like reading the teleprompter and he's like, where Autobots and Decepticons can do all their shopping at low, reasonable prices. Like, <laughs> uh. <laughs> and then, like, you know, they have the ribbon and he cuts it with his yeah. axe and yeah. stuff. Like, yeah, I thought that was friggin' nice. hilarious. Yeah. I loved how the, the, the Dinobots are running around as eager beavers, like, hey, hey. You want to see us combine? Like, hey, hey, we can do stuff. Like, we're all we're all w- ready and willing to help. Like, we could do stuff for the this this uh, oncoming you know threat or whatever. Like, we can combine. Like, and and most people are kind of yeah 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 whatever whatever. But I love it when they get to Hot Rod and like, do you want to see us combine? And he's like, yeah, let's see what you got. And then they kind of stop for a minute and they're like, oh shit, somebody wants to see us combine. You know, like this is cool. Like, <laughs> and then they do that. that. They do that 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 fire thing, and he he's like, "Can you take the heat?" And then they they deflect the the heat back at him, and he's like, "I guess you can." Like that was pretty cool. Like so, I don't know. I I, I thought that was fun. I find I find it really like amusing. Like clearly, the creative team loves Hot Rod because like he's always like in the spotlight. Like in like the last season and this season, but. These movies still have the friggin' like Bumblebee Adventures like subtitle like Cyberverse Bumblebee Adventures like which I think we discussed like last season like it doesn't make a whole lot of sense especially during like the Quintas the Quintazon like invasion because Bumblebee wasn't e- really even in that like so well but, I feel I feel like that's kind of just the after effect of them trying to cross pollinate with that bumblebee film right yeah but now that uh-huh. that bumblebee film's not a thing anymore and this is still coming out it's like it's just kind of like that's that's part of the branding that that they had to stick with or whatever i i mean i imagine if if this had gone on for more seasons then you know maybe they'd rebrand it or if there was some new movie that came out you know if it was you know what whatever this new movie is rise of the beast fuckers or whatever they're calling it right like then then there would be like a new moniker where it'd be Cyberverse Beast Adventures or something for like seasons, you know, four and five or something. Yeah. And and, and they like, may not all have beasts in them. You know, it might yeah. be the Dinobots, but then it might drift off into other characters too. Yeah. Like I wonder, like sometimes I wonder, 
Well, obvious. I, I guess I don't have to wonder, but because I think it's probably obvious. But I, I'm sure, like most of the writers and creators of this show, are fans of like more than meets the eye. So, yeah, you know, they, you've they, got they, Hot they Rod prominent. Be, yeah. yeah, like you know, Wit Whirls like in it. You know, mm-hmm. uh, and and the the bad guy of this movie is Tarn. Like yeah. it's a you know one of the you know all the super soldiers look like Tarn from like the IDW comics, and they introduce like a. One of one of the ta- like you know super soldiers like broke their programming or whatever and has his own like personality and like it, that's Tarn and like you know they kind of differentiate him from all the others by like having giving him a like torn off arm and a crack in his mask and like you know and like he he sort of like starts off as like you know their ally where he you know he says oh like Optimus I need your help to like free all my brothers. Because, you know, they're running rampant, like Megatron only programmed us to fight. Like, you know, we need to reprogram them so they can have free will like me. So they go. Basically, the idea is instead of them, like once, you know, once Megatron wasn't there to control all of them, then, you know, the story that that Tarn feeds them is that, you know, they all went to war with each other, you know, and they're all trying to you know, determine who's the strongest and everything like that. And that, you know, this, what, what, what's the MacGuffin called again? I can't remember. Oh, the, uh, cortex helm, the cortex helm. So they, they have to get the cortex helm so that, that, you know, they, they can stop his brothers from, you know, beating each other to bits. And, and it's interesting because they, they, they both try their own ways. It's interesting because even though there's a truce, right, the way the, you know, the Autobots are a little more, you know, Picard, right? Like Optimus is trying to, you know, I don't know, use use some semblance of of diplomacy when when trying to stop the, you know, these these perfect Decepticons from fighting. Right. And but then then Soundwave's like, well, let us try it our way. You know, and it's like that kind of quickly escalates. It's like they they do one strafing attack, like aerial attack. And then before you know it, they're basically dropping like the H bomb on on these guys. But none of it works, whether it's the 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 Autobots try to do these, I don't know, like gravitational force field things where the idea is they'd all be you know stuck to the ground so that's prime's diplomatic way he's not trying to like shoot anybody or blow anybody up he's just trying to incapacitate them while they figure stuff out but that doesn't work because they constantly teleport out of the way of anything that attempts to stop their battle and then they just go on resuming their battle so even when they drop this you know, Cybertronian H-bomb. It's like they just port away, the bomb goes off, and then they port right back where they left off and they're fighting again. So, you know, you think it's this hopeless thing, but that's when Tarn kind of speaks up and kind of mentions, you know, the Cortex and like, oh, we got to go get the Cortex. So then they go off to uh, to have a Lord of the Rings adventure almost, right? Yeah. They find out uh, that, what's his name? Thunder Howl. Thunder Howl. Like, uh... Yeah, lead them, and he's like he's sort of like the silver bolt type of yeah. the show. Like he's yeah. a knight, and yeah, I love uh, when the friggin' like super soldiers are all fighting each other, and the one Autobot runs into the frame and goes, "Game over, man!" Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the the Bill Paxton Autobot. Yeah, yeah. that was awesome. <laughs> that was awesome. No, yeah, like like you said, when like Hot Rod and the rest are all watching the Tarns like fight, and they they've all got like mugs. Like, 
like of energon and like watching it and they're like you know hot rod's like a, i bet the tall ugly one will win like you know and then like, <laughs> and hey you know, i was right like no i i like it because they, they just start arguing with them where, where they're like uh they're both tall and they're both ugly and then when one of them beats the other he's like called it you know like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you know what's great like i didn't like you know i know who tarn is and like i didn't expect him to betray them like i uh, like i i, I was kind of yeah. like like i was like what's his deal like like i like i thought maybe yeah, he I, was you I, know I, running I, his own agenda but like i i wasn't sure where it was going really like i mean you you kind of get the idea he's not completely happy to be working with autobots but i i almost thought after prime like saves him from falling off the cliff and all that stuff i thought like kind of like you it's it's interesting because that's right when they have him do his turn but to me i i almost was like oh is he going to develop a grudging you know a begrudging respect for all these guys and you know that's where this is going to lead and then it, it it completely goes in a totally different direction which 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 totally works for for what they want to do right so i mean i'm not it's nothing that upset me but i think i think i was i was having at least a, a similar train of thought to yourself where i, I was kind of like sitting there going oh like you know he, it, he, clearly he doesn't get along with these guys but maybe he's gonna learn to and then it's like nope like he's yeah it, it, it's like completely the opposite you know great great line too when you know Optimus is like, you betrayed us. And Tarn's like, I deceived you. Like, you know, we're Decepticons. Like, you know, do you remember? It's good stuff. And then, like, he sort of, like, you know, he sort of assumes that, like, once he has, like, you know, he has the Cortex helm, he has his super soldiers under control. He lets, he, like, you know, he offers Soundwave and, like, Shadow Striker. Like, okay, so you guys are, like, on my team now right like because you know i'm gonna take over cybertron like you don't have to bull do this like treaty bullshit anymore like we're gonna take over so like and you kind of like you know Soundwave like sort of immediately agrees but like you know this in shadow striker has doubts and like you 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 like uh, there's there's a subtle game going on like that like you can you can read between the lines what's going on basically but like it's it's very like for a kid's show it's it's very subtle like, yeah yeah like yeah, so like the the um you know some Decepticons like turn on the Autobots and then some Decepticons just kind of stand by and like you know like since Clobber is an Autobot now it's like lockdowns all like conflicted where he's like you know right. I gotta help my buddy but like yeah and then again like, again like you know some characters only get one or two lines but their characters like shine through like you know when when tarn tarn like brings optimus to like the old like arena and he has him start like fighting in all these like pit matches and like you know wild wheel is like hey cool right. like, i like this because you know if you'll remember like wild wheel had a grudge against optimus prime yeah so, yeah and it, he's 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 a little into it yeah that like that was a great scene like a this is like you know this is a kids show but like i was like i was like man is optimus gonna die like because he was getting his like eventually like it's it's both badass and it's like it was like kind of like concerning i was like man well, optimus I mean, is he, a lot of damage you know it, it it's one of those things where you know because because he has the cortex and he can control all these decepticons it's like he just puts them under this trial of endurance. It's like it's like when you did those fighting games, you know, you do the X-Men Mutant Academy and you have that one stupid bar of life and then you have to keep 
fighting guy after guy after guy, and you only have the one bar of life, but each one of them has a full bar of life. And basically that's what, that's what Optimus has to do. You know, he has to keep hanging in there while he sends all these guys after them. And then like Tarn kind of gets bored with that after a while. You know what I mean? Like he, he, he doesn't even want to, I don't know, finish or revel in that. Like, cause eventually it's like, he's just going to send swarms of guys to finish the job or whatever. And the whole time he's kind of like, you, you must earn the right to fight me, you know? And it's like one of those things where like, I, I think when prime rebuffs that it's almost like there's no point, right? He might as well just have a bunch of guys go in there and gang rape them. You know what I mean? Because like, it, it, it's like he, he, he's not playing Tarn's game, you know? Like, so like, I think Tarn is kind of like, why are you being a party pooper? He's like that little kid that pouts in the corner or whatever that, you know, isn't getting his way, you know, but instead he's sending, like an army of drones to kill this guy. Tarn, by using the Cortex Helm to force these soldiers to fight me, you are no better than those Megatron rose up against. That's fine. Three more. Tarn's obviously pretty different than his IDW self, but he's still like, like uh, the spirit of him is almost like the same. Like he's still like, he's a, he's a wannabe kind of like he's a, yeah, he's a poser. He, I mean, like, he's, you know. he also wears his idolatry on his sleeve, you know, like, like even in this, you get the idea, like I'm going to be just like Megatron. Like I replaced, you know, like, like he, he he's basically, congratulating himself for having replaced that dimension's Megatron as the leader of all these perfect Decepticons. And, and he really thinks like, Oh, like I, you know, I I've made it. I'm in the promised land. Like here I am. And now I'm going to make, I'm going to make Optimus prime grovel and, 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 and earn the right to fight me and all that other stuff. And in the meantime, in the back of your head, you're like, dude, bro, Optimus like pulled you up from certain death. Like, he he doesn't have anything to prove to you, you know. Like so, it's 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 it. Like you said, there's there's subtle things about it, but if you if you kind of see them, you know, it's like it, they're kind of glaringly obvious, you know. As long as you know what to look for. I think like it was a good idea to like you know, and then like Soundwave reveals he was only kind of playing the long game to like you know. And he uh, he kind of like hints to Shadow Striker, like, hey, like, go like go fix this shit while I like babysit this like lame <laughs> like basically like, you know, and uh, Shadow Striker gets the rest of the Decepticons to like reject Tarn and like, you know, ally again with the Autobots and then like Soundwave and Tarn have a sort of like fight and like. Like, I, I don't like Soundwave and Tarn are both like at one point they were both like kind of Megatron like loyalists. So I thought it was like a cool, like, you know, sort of rivalry to have like between them. Yeah, no, that that makes sense because they're. They're coming from. The same kernel, like I, I don't want to say they're coming from the same place, but they 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 had a kernel that they started with at the same point you know but but you know maybe they they grew into different plants or different trees or something like that yeah yeah i get what you're saying yep the, and then the, like you know oh i was just gonna okay. say like like when when tarn basically you know enables his mind control and and the 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 perfect decepticons stop fighting with one another like m my big biggest guffaw moment for sludge was when when they they have this discussion and they're like, 
I, I think, uh, you know, a hot, a hot rod says something about uh, this doesn't look too good or whatever. This kind of looks bad. And then I think Swoop is like, yeah, I'd almost say it's ominous. And then what ominous? And then they're like, well, you know, it's like when you, you feel like something bad's about to happen. And then like when they all start walking towards them, you know, menacingly, it's like sludge feel ominous or whatever. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, again like sludge didn't have as many like lines in this but like every time he did talk or do anything oh, man but it was it was it was a fucking winner though man like, yeah every every, every one time, of them yep, every one winner, of them yep. landed like an a plus you know uh-huh yep and then like yeah at the at the very end it's like Soundwave sacrifices himself to like take out tarn and like you know Soundwave and hot rod kind of had a like begrudging friendship yeah, in season yeah. three and like you know that that's kind of what Soundwave like he sees like Tarn kicking the crap out of Hot Rod, and like he he does his Sonic thing, and then he he rips the Cortex helm off of Tarn, and like re- gives all the perfect Decepticons like free will before I'm, like I'm, Tarn like. Yeah. I'm just gonna say like Tarn in that state was like uh, trying to pry the helmet off the Juggernaut, and it's like uh, Hot Rod did like you know. 80% of the prying beforehand and I'm doing all these fifth <laughs> pumps and everything. And then, you know, of course it doesn't, it doesn't completely work. So Soundwave has to jump in at the end and do the, the rest of the 20%. But like, yeah, when that, that moment when, when, you know, everybody was held at gunpoint and they're about to be a, a fucking executed, uh, you know, Quantrill style or some shit, you know, that, then that's when the hot rod like revs in. And I was like doing the fist pumps where I'm like, yeah, like, like, so that was super cool. Uh-huh. Yeah, like I said, like uh, clearly the creative team loves Hot Rod because like he gets more to do than Bumblebee does in this movie. I feel like, and I mean Bumblebee's present in this movie, but he, you know, he's he's not. He just doesn't like Hot Rod is like in a position of authority in this yeah, movie. Yeah. So well, it's it's interesting because they 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 got kind of like what you said. They're they're kind of those phase two IDW fans. I mean, when when all when all said and done. You know, it, it seems like Prime is looking to, you know, Hot Rod, Bumblebee, and Windblade as being the, 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 the new, or at least the, the, you know, the de facto leadership, you know, for for their society, you know. So I, I, I think it's equally applicable. But I get what you're saying because because Bumblebee, you know, he's in the fight, but then he's also, you know kind of quickly captured and all that kind of stuff. So it's like he's he, he he's he's kind of a little bit defaulted to being the uh, wide eyed, uh, you know, kind of like, wow, Thunder, how this, you know, magical castle that's been hidden all this time. Whoa, you know, like like those kind of lines where it's like it, it works. It's like it's fine. But but it, it's not like he has um as the kids like to say, it's not like Bumblebee has a whole shit ton of agency in this, you know. The the, the one part I did like with Bumblebee is when um at the end, the final battle, when the Tarn guys like beating him up, like in the repugnances, jump on him and start eating mm-hmm. him, and it, mm-hmm. Bumblebee like slowly backs <laughs> off. He's like, "Okay, He's like, you guys have fun." Like, All right, great, you you enjoy that. But I mean, yes. I, I did I did like the aspect of, you know, even though Tarn drives them all back, like it, I always thought it was cool. Like like they're like, oh, dude, like we got to go save Optimus. We got to go save Optimus, too. Like Jetfire's trying to do that whole thing. But it's like basically everybody's like, 
but dude, Hot Rod has a plan. And then and then and then everybody's like, Hot Rod has a plan, and they they all meet up and everything. And it's like Hot Rod did have a plan. His plan was to do the juggernaut thing and take the guy's fucking helmet off, you know. And it's like he pretty much like his plan pretty much worked. It's just Soundwave had to sort of finish it off, right? And 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 ends up sacrificing himself as a result, you know. So it's not like it's not like the plan was was uh, you know something that was easily accomplished, right? And they all had to work together to get it done. And and like you're saying, like everybody everybody that's involved in it has has you know moments and stuff and it feels like you you get the call back to uh cosmos and uh fucking what's his face from uh oh, a meteor uh, fire yeah it's like he's doing his uh i can't think of the guy's name oh, the, steve, the, steve, irwin steve, steve irwin thing again you know like so it's like it's like you go oh yeah i remember that episode you know and it's like oh remember those guys and they they're out there kicking ass too so it's like that all that kind of stuff makes you feel yeah, kind of good. Like they, everybody, they meet everybody in the, the valley of the repugnance. Like, right, right, and and the repugnances yeah. lead them to to hot rod and everybody to to sort of make the plan. <laughs> I love um, it's it's a very touching scene too. But like when they they go to McAdams at the end to like memorialize like Soundwave, and the way they do that is like Hot Rod like tells stories about like all the times Soundwave tried to kill him and stuff. Right, like, where right. Like, you know, like sound one, one time, like Soundwave, like did this, and like, and then he's like, "Hey, Clobber, remember the time that Soundwave told you to kill me?" And you said yes, and she's like, "Yeah." <laughs> like, well, because it's like, it's like, I think they preface that with like, Soundwave wouldn't want me to say anything nice about him because. You know, he'd, he'd be all mad that it's coming from me. So I'll just talk about all the nasty shit he did before we were friends, you know, like so. And he's like, and Windblade, like, remember when he, like, tied you up and made you listen to that dubstep compilation, like, on Endless Loop? Yeah. Like, man, yeah. what a jerk. <laughs> but, you know, you know, what's funny is, like, all that stuff is funny, but then it also is in the midst of this like serious death scene and and a, a mourning funeral so it's like that that moment where you know they go soundwave like we're soundwave you know and then you see this empty crater with like nothing in it and then laserbeak has that like pained howl of the trusted pet you know and 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 that goes back to when you know, like basically, you know, Hot Rod finishes it off saying Soundwave was my friend and he was a hero. And then and then Prime is like, yes, and we all agree with this. So till all, you know, till all are one, like we clearly we all are one in this. Like we Soundwave went out a hero. We all raise a glass of Energon to him. And then Laserbeak again has his, you know, it, it, it's it's a lot more. Uh, I don't know, triumphant, you know, a more positive like squeal at the end or whatever, right? But but it's still there. It's that kind of the the love that a a pet has for their master after the master's long since passed, and it gives you, you know, as you as you eloquently put in your written review, you know, it it brings the feels, right? Like, and that's that that was also a nice way to to kick it off. You know what I mean? That that. That you 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 know you you had fun, you had jokes, you had serious peril. Some of that peril was realized because one of the the most you know endearing you know or I, I don't know if that's the right word, but you know one of the most well known you know one of the big six Transformers right Soundwave like gets get sacrifices his life so that 
the the rest of Cybertronian society can can live on in peace. These characters that you've all come to know and love, and and so you know, it just it, it's one of those things where you know, they, they, to me, like they even you know, I mean, I, I don't want to say ripped off, but it's like you talk about the IDW influence, like the the group hug thing. I mean, that that's that's like one of my favorite bits in the more than meets the eye. You know, when when they all have the the group hug and everything before they go out to to fight, you know, and, and Megatron's fighting off the D- DJD and all that. But before that, they have the big group hug with Rodimus and everybody's like, you know, group hugging. And and in this, it's it's hilarious because it's like, you know, Optimus is going to go off and kind of, you know, fuck off to go, you know, be like Kane on Kung Fu or whatever the fuck he's going to do, right? And, and, and he's kind of turning over the mantle of leadership to, you know, Hot Rod and Windblade and Bumblebee. And then and then they get in on, you know, doing this group hug or whatever. And and, and Hot Rod's like, you know, come on in on this. Uh, what, what's your face? Sidewinder or whatever. I can't remember. Her Sh- name. Shadow Striker. Shadow Striker. He's like, get in on this Shadow Striker. And, and, and Shadow Striker just kind of like puts her hand on the Hot Rod's shoulder because it's too icky. But then the great thing is then all the Dinobots come in. And it's like, Slug, want a hug? You know, and then yeah. bumps them <laughs> into all, it. Yeah. And then it turns into this big giant like hug of like pets and friends and i mean again you know men that do not like cyberverse have no souls bright eyes (laughs) you know like that's that's all i could say about that another bit that made me laugh was like like during like all the perfect decepticons have like this personal like teleport thing and like wheeljack like steals one so he replicates it for everyone so they can like beam out and beam in or whatever so like when they rescue optimus like they all like retreat but optimus doesn't have one so they leave optimus behind so he's like oh uh, i don't have one of those and then wheeljack comes back and he's like all right i forgot to give you one <laughs> like then they teleport out again yeah it, friggin like I said it in my review, like um, the the dude who voices Optimus Prime, uh, Jake Fushi. I mean, how how is he like good in this, but he sucks so bad in like that Netflix like cartoon? Like man, Pro- like probably because it's not up to him, dude. He, he I mean, yeah. it, it, it it's it's probably just there's a voice director and and you know who knows maybe like you said these guys love the characters and they put a lot of love into the writing. So who knows maybe they keep doing takes until until they get it just right or they do enough takes that they have all these beautiful examples to use and maybe the and the they don't force him to like talk a, yeah they don't force yeah, him I mean, to talk at like one mile an hour or whatever right right it's it's not just a, a one take and you're done and it's not a oh we need you to elongate every single word you know like like he can just you know talk like a normal fucking person you know and emote and that kind of thing i don't yeah i mean that's that's kind of what i think it is but again and 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 like you said it's the same guy right like so i mean clearly he's capable of it right like we we there the evidence is right in front of us you know so it, mm-hmm. it's definitely not him right like that's not that's yeah. not his fault you know now, another good Tarn line, too, when he has, like, Optimus, like, on his knees and, like, the super soldiers holding him down. And Tarn says, like, survival is the right of all sentient beings, Prime. Like, if they're strong enough, like, that, like, I thought that was super cool. And then, mm-hmm. you know, he's about to, like, execute Optimus. And that's when, like, you know, the Autobots swoop in and save him. So, yeah, like, the, like I said, like, Tarn was a really good villain for, like, you mm-hmm. know, some, again, like you 
said, like, just like the Dinobots, like he'll be remembered for like mm-hmm. from this series, just from, for these 44 minutes he was in basically like that's how much of an impact he makes. Hey man, he's, he's doing Kylo Ren proud. Yeah. Like I like, yeah, yeah, I know. Right. Uh-huh. He's, he's totally like, but like uh, the, the like subtle, I guess it's not subtle, but it's a nice like character touch. Like when the Decepticons all turn on him and he like all, all he has left are like the perfect Decepticons. He kind of like has like this frustrated like shout where he's like, ah, but like, I, I don't know. Like he, the, it was just a good, like, I, I don't know, like, like he knew he was alone like at yeah. that moment yeah. like like he knew like you know it's it's like when you know batman says to the joker like in the dark knight like you know you think everyone is ugly, is as ugly as you like you're the, you're alone i don't know like good good writing and good choices like all around mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. decepticons attack <laughs> Decepticons attack? Who are you to tell us what to do? I've talked with my fellow Decepticons, and we all agree. The treaty between us and the Autobots stands. Get off our planet, Tarn. I agree. Traitor! This, like, I already liked Cyberverse a whole lot, but, like, this, these two movies, like, pushed it into, like, you know, my, after, after Beast Wars and after G1 and probably maybe after Animated, although I think it might be in contention with Animated, this might be, like, my third favorite, like, animated show. Like, like I don't know. Like, I, I, I don't know if I like Animated or this better. And I'm, I'm almost, like, with time, I'm almost tempted to say this because this... Like animated had to abruptly kind of end without like you know realizing maybe its full potential. But this, I feel like they squeezed the last like you know they with these two movies they like you know they pushed themselves over the edge. I feel like you know with their like realizing their full potential. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's kind of what I was getting at when I said that I wanted to be like one of those dipshits that's like, this is the best Marvel movie ever, you know, and it just came out like 10 minutes ago or whatever. Like, I think I feel that way about Cyberverse. Now, I, I won't go so far, you know, to me, it's always going to be G1 and Beast Wars, right? Though I think those are always going to be the first two. But I think as far as other stuff, like, I, I, I can't, say that there's anything I've liked more than Cyberverse and like you said I I think the the true thing about animated is animated's good but like you said it didn't really get to be fully realized to completion and that's that's no fault of its own but I mean this is to me going through the journey with these folks and then getting this really sweet nice fully realized send off just gives me a lot of fulfillment that I don't think I can get from watching Transformers animated over again. Right. Like if that makes sense. Yeah. And I mean, not for nothing, but like, you know, this show had your favorite character, like Mm -hmm. in a prominent role, like almost the entire way through. So, yeah. Yeah. So it's hard not to like think that. Like you said, I I think if I give it time, like I, you know, animated, 
has been in its spot up until now, basically. And now, like, you know, when I give it time and, you know, if I rewatch this a few more times, I'm pretty sure it, it will overtake animated. So, I, I mean, I think I'm very hesitant to give new things the the seal of approval and, and put them at a number one slot in a top ten list. Right. But th- this this is definitely something that makes me want to break most of those rules you know what i mean like like most times i'm like eh, i'll put something like this at number eight or number 10 or something because you know it hasn't it hasn't had the time to to prove itself it hasn't you know lasted you know or 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 had some history behind it to see whether it still holds up or stands the test of time or whatever but i don't know for this one i feel like fuck it dude like this is I, I I think I think as far as like animated shows go, like this is this is certainly my third most favorite Transformers animated show. It's still like it's it's really amazing. Like like you said, how much they packed into this, and like for how brisk a pace it is, but yet you still feel like you know you're riveted for all forty four minutes, and like you're never bored or anything. But mm-hmm. and they still packed all this shit in here. Like even friggin' Teletran X, like who kind of took like a back seat in the last, like like you know he was a major part of the first season, but he kind of took a back seat in the second two seasons. But they bring Teletran X, like you know, in and like he even gets to like you know he saves Windblade during the final battle, and he's like you know thank you, not crew. Like that was a season one joke, and then like uh what's his face uh dead end like what is he he saves shadow striker during the final battle and he's like you're welcome like you know and like like, again dead end like you know he only gets a couple lines but his character shines through like you know when they when they're watching like optimus prime fight the you know super soldiers and he's like i don't care like whatever and then yeah like you said meteor fire and cosmos get a moment like you know thunder howl gets a small role like I know uh, the other like new characters like, you know, Wild Wheeled gets a line or two. And then uh, uh, who was the there was like the one other guy, like the water guy. But I forgot. I think he shows up in some crowd scenes, but he didn't really get anything. But but that's OK. He was like the least interesting one out of the new characters. They introduced like they they shotgunned at the end of last season. Yeah. But yeah, I think. As you can probably tell, we are, you know, utterly gushing with praise for both of these movies and, you know, Cyberverse in general. If you've never watched Cyberverse, I mean, do yourself a favor and, like, give it a shot. I mean, the first season is a little bit of a, you know, a getting used to, you know, well, there's a lot of, uh, you know, Bumblebee is, is the main character in the first season and it's kind of smaller in scale but like once you get pat it's like you know the first seasons of deep space nine like you yeah. appreciate it yeah. after you like you i mean watched all I, that. I i think i think my my initial review of that first season is just simply you know what we said back then it's like the parts that i gravitated to the most were all the flashbacks to cybertron where you get to meet all the characters whereas some of the present day stuff with with bumblebee and windblade it's fine but I was less engaged with that storyline than I was with the exploration of Cybertron's past. And then by the time they get to the end of that and they do the second season, they've gotten everybody out of the arc and you're, you know, you're going, you know, hog wild with the the entire cast. Right. So, I mean, as long as you can sort of uh, 
make allowances for for the present day half of the first season. I, I mean, I, I it, it's worth it, basically. Like if you if you stick through it through the long haul, um, it to me, you know, and especially given this this two part finale, I mean, it 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 makes it a fulfilling giant watching experience if you're if you're treating it like this you know full length cartoon novella for kids right like it, it it's, yeah. it's 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 a lot of fun and he, i mean even though cyberverse is pitched towards like you know kids obviously like maybe maybe a little more so than like some other transformer series i mean there are friggin like really like high stakes in this and there's a lot of you know there are feeling like you said there are feelings of like you know danger and I, like I what see. is the like yeah yeah what are the, what do they say like in uh like uh, the standards and practices like peril there's lots oh, of peril right, right, like right. you know for you know some character you i legitimately was concerned for like you know prime safety for like hot rod safety when tarn was like beating the shit out of him like yeah like yeah. It, it there are stakes like people die you know, said the the movie opens with Astro Train dying, like, and it ends with Soundwave dying. So, I mean, but yeah, I think uh, th- that's all I have to say. I think I, I it's easy, like, you know, you, maybe we're overly negative sometimes on fan holes, but I think sometimes, like, we both love things like so much that it it just, you know, there's nothing bad to say. These two episodes of Cyberverse were like a delicious ice cream sundae. Go watch them. Sludge one ice cream Sunday. Sludge one ice cream. <laughs> just look like look at my avatar. Just looking at his <laughs> face like makes me laugh. Like he's, he's great. He's um. friggin' great. Sludge one happy hug. Watch out, folks. Yay! Here we come. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Derek, why don't you do our usual thing? Yeah, if you have any comments, questions, and or concerns, you can email us at fanholspodcast@gmail.com. If you want to check out the backlog of Transformers Tuesdays episodes, you can check them out over on fanholspodcast.blogspot.com. You can direct download all the episodes there. We can also be streamed. We're on Apple Podcasts. We can be found on Stitcher Radio, Google Play, Spotify, and Amazon Music. And we can be found on all kinds of social media. We're on Tumblr, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. And we appreciate all the likes, hearts, shares, and retweets that we receive. And we should probably give a shout out to good old boss monkey Renaud at Bot Talk for being able to watch some of these a little earlier than others because uh, it made recording this episode super easy. So thanks, boss monkey. Thank you, Renaud. Yes, indeed. So, yeah, this is Mike signing off with courage and good chair. (laughs) This is Derek, Derek WC. Good job, Michael. Let's do this thing. Yeah. Woo. Me and Mike are going to go to Trypticon Plaza. We're going to go do some shopping. (laughs) At fair and reasonable prices. I look, he looks back at Bumblebee, and Bumblebee just kind of makes like a hand gesture, and he goes, uh. Because it's like, it's like he thinks he's reading this like uh, motivational speech where it's like, and the Septicons and Autobots will be able to work together. So.
they can get fair and reasonable prices. <laughs> oh, you've made me a salesman. <laughs>